0: It's time to sit back and relax with your favorite drink. And listen. The clock struck midnight. I was on my laptop in my bedroom, browsing through YouTube videos. However, my browsing stopped when my phone vibrated. I saw that I'd received a message from my friend, Ben. Hey man, I'm outside by the back door. Can you let me in? I knew he was lying. For the last few weekends, he'd been messing with me. One weekend he told me he was parked in my cul-de-sac, when, in reality, he was in his bedroom. The following weekend, he told me he was coming over to hang out. When I came outside to greet him in his car, he floored it out of my neighborhood. <laughs> I wasn't going to let him get me this time. I sent a reply back. I know you're just messing with me again. He immediately replied back. No, I'm being serious this time. I'm by the back door. <sighs> nice try. I know you're not there. I placed my phone down and continued my search. About a minute later, my phone vibrated again. I'm downstairs. Ben, you can't troll me three weekends in a row. However, I will give you an A for effort. I placed my phone down again. I wasn't going to play his little game. I was about to continue my search. When i started to hear something from the deafening silence of my dark house i faced the doorway behind me and listened closely it sounded like footsteps silent footsteps walking around downstairs it was nerve-wracking i couldn't believe it was my mind tricking me was Ben actually in my house? I grabbed my phone. Are you joking with me, man? I continued to listen as my phone vibrated again. No, I told you I was downstairs, but you didn't believe me. I was quite relieved that it was him, but I was pissed off that he'd broken into my house. I could hear him walking around downstairs still, as I waited for him to come into my bedroom. I grabbed my phone again. Hey, aren't you going to come upstairs? I can hear you walking around downstairs. Just come up here already. I sent the message and waited for him to respond. I was starting to get a little annoyed after a minute of waiting. I got up from my bed and went to the doorway. I proceeded to shout downstairs. Get your ass upstairs already. Stop fucking around. I sat back on my bed as I began to hear him walk upstairs. Suddenly, my phone vibrated again. It was a text message from Ben. (laughs) You know I was fucking with you, right? My heart dropped. I looked up at the doorway to see my killer. Smiling at me, things had been tough for my mum and I ever since my dad left us two years ago. At least I was old enough to get myself to and from school, and I knew my way around a microwave, but I wasn't old enough to get a job, and the bills were piling up so my mom decided to get a second job a night job maybe part time and not something to brag about but it would keep our heads above water I remember the first night like it was yesterday my mom apologizing up and down for having to leave me alone I told her I'd be fine and honestly I was pretty excited she wouldn't be home until late And that meant I could stay up late. There was a monster movie marathon on, so who would complain? It was just around 9.30, and I was right in the thick of some Japanese gore fest, where I swore I heard something outside. Maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me. Maybe the movie got to me. Either way, I had to check it out. I hesitantly peered out of the living room window, looking to the left, then the right. And nothing. Then I noticed, directly across the way, a man standing in his window, just staring. I couldn't really tell what he was staring at, but it freaked me out anyway. I stood at the window for at least a minute as long as my heart could bear it and he didn't move that was it for me that night (laughs) i was done with the monster flicks done with the freaky dude in the window and so tried to fall asleep the next morning i told my mum about the man at first she was upset i was up so late and then asked if I'd been watching scary movies. Needless to say, I got the, it was all in my imagination thing. And that was that. That night, after my mum left, I didn't feel comfortable alone. It was like that feeling of someone watching you. And just after nine again, I swear I heard something. It was just like the last time, except there was no horror movie marathon this time. Against what my brain was screaming at me, I pulled myself again to the window. There he was. The man. Just staring out of his window. This time I darted away as quick as I could and ran to my room. It was just so weird. It got the hairs on my neck standing on end. The next morning I told my mum, but again she just brushed it off, saying he was probably just a nervous old man, and it had nothing to do with me. I wasn't so sure, but what could I do? My mum left for work again that night, even though I begged her to stay. I tried to take my mind off the man. I watched TV, played music, (laughs) I even did all of my homework, but I still wondered if he was out there, staring from his window at me or God knows what. My curiosity got the better of me, and I made my way slowly to the window. My fear was realized in that moment because there he was, the man in the window. Just staring. I tried to keep my presence a secret and see just how long he would stand there. My heart felt like it was going to leap out of my chest. But I stayed there at the window, (laughs) in some sort of weird staring contest. Then it happened. He moved away from the window and I breathed a sigh of relief. <laughs> my mum was right. There was nothing to be worried about. Suddenly, his front door opened and my comfort changed to dread in an instant. I watched from my window, trying my best not to be seen, watching him walk down his driveway, then across the street and then up my driveway i choked in fear and ran for the telephone i dialed 911 and waited my heart jackhammering a million miles an hour finally an answer i explained to the lady that i thought someone was trying to break in my house and she said help would be on the way and asked for my address I managed to get out the first three numbers when I was grabbed from behind. I dropped the phone and felt these dirty, greasy hands wrap themselves around me. I screamed as loud as I could and shook myself, trying to break free. But I was lifted from the ground. I could feel the hot breath on my neck. Smelled the stale, rotten stench of my attacker. I couldn't help but start crying, screaming my lungs out for my mum, for anyone, for help. Then, there was a thud, and I was falling with the man towards the floor. We hit the ground and his grip loosened. I rolled away and scrambled behind the couch. Then I heard a voice say, It's okay. You're safe now. I looked up, shaking and bewildered. There were two men, one on the floor who wasn't moving, and another standing there with a baseball bat. You're okay, he said again. I'm your neighbor from across the way. My jaw dropped in confusion. Listen. I've noticed a strange man lurking around your house every night for the last few days and was concerned you might be in danger. I noticed your mom leaving and knew you were here all by yourself. The police arrived shortly afterwards and between our two stories the mysterious assailant was taken into custody. I thanked my neighbor as much as I could and from that day I always felt safer when I looked outside and saw the staring man in the window across from me. I used to work for a subway next to a liquor store along a fairly busy road. I hated the job, but I was only working there on Friday and Saturday evenings to make some extra money. The customers were friendly enough, Referring to me as the blue-eyed girl, as we didn't have name tags My co-workers were all right as well, being fun and interesting people, but my boss was a jerk Luckily, I didn't have to see him often because he was only around during the mornings Yet, he'd always find a way to make my job more stressful My boss would constantly say that our store was doing poorly in profits and would make it so that only one person would be working for hours alone. I have no idea what he was talking about, because whenever I was working I felt as though every resident in our city would make an appearance at some time during my shift. Luckily, I had a co-worker with me until about an hour before close, something I was truly grateful for. But all that changed after minimum wage went up. My boss figured he'd save the money he was losing by cutting hours even more. So, instead of working with someone until 8.30 or 9pm, I would be alone from 6pm until close. Something that worried my mother and my boyfriend. They didn't particularly like the thought of me being alone in the store for that long. I didn't like the thought of it either. But what could I do? I dreaded the following weekend when the new schedule would be in effect. On Friday my boyfriend agreed to stay with me until close. But on Saturday he couldn't. And so I begrudgingly made my way to work for 5pm that day. I worked with someone else until 6 and then they left. I was now in the store alone. I was hoping it would be dead in the store since a football game was on that night, and this proved to be true. Not many people came in. So, with the spare time, I started cleaning things early, as I knew it would take a lot longer to get everything done without anyone else helping me. And I'd bring many empty containers to the back room to wash them. Returning to the front, whenever I heard the door alarm go off, signaling that a customer had just walked in. This went on for a couple of hours, and I hated every moment of it. I was in the back at about 9pm, trying to finish washing some things, when I heard the door alarm go off. We'd be closed in about half an hour, so this was the point in my shift where I truly despised getting any customers. I finished rinsing the bowl I was washing, and then reached for a paper towel walking to the front to greet my unwanted customer. Much to my surprise, no one was there. I didn't see any cars out front, but I looked around the store briefly before returning to the back room. Whoever it was, they must have decided they didn't want anything. (laughs) Not that I minded. A couple of minutes passed and then I heard the door alarm go off again. I briskly walked to the front, expecting a customer to be standing there looking at the menu. But when I got there, I didn't see anyone standing ready to order. Instead, I found a man sitting on the far end of the store at the back table. He appeared to be dirty, with scraggly hair and mud all over his pants. I could see that he'd tracked some in and wasn't too happy about knowing that I'd have to re the floors. Despite my irritation, I greeted the man. Hello, sir. Are you waiting on someone, or wanting a minute to look over the menu? He kept looking back and forth, from wall to wall, and occasionally out of the window. He almost appeared disoriented but would look at his phone every once in a while, as though he were expecting a message from someone. He was fiddling with something in his pocket, but wouldn't take it out. Most importantly, he didn't respond to my question, and I was getting pretty annoyed. Well, we'll be closing in 20 minutes, sir. Please keep that in mind. Again, he didn't respond just kept looking everywhere and anywhere but toward me with an irritated sigh i walked to the back room and began preparing the mop buckets filling it with water and floor cleaner this probably took about two minutes once it was ready i wheeled it toward the front and quickly noticed that the man wasn't there anymore he couldn't have left the store however I would have heard the door alarm go off if it had been opened i grabbed my mop and looked toward the ground where i then noticed a set of muddy footprints leading toward the bathroom door great i'll have to mop the bathroom again too i began mopping the trail leading toward the table where the man had sat and then all the way toward the bathroom door As I finished cleaning the floor directly in front of the door, I heard the faint, muffled cries of someone on the other side. I leaned in, until my ear was almost against the door itself, and listened silently. I could hear quiet sobs mixed with some words like, No! And I can't. What on earth was going on in there? I took a step back as quietly as I could and then was surprised by the sound of the door being unlocked. I immediately jumped away with mop in hand and was a good 10 feet away when the door opened. The man emerged and stood there for a couple of moments when he saw me standing there. Then for the first time. He looked me straight in the eye. This sent a chill down my spine. I held onto the mop nervously, almost defensively. His stare was blank and yet somehow sorrowful. He didn't say anything and quickly walked out the front entrance, setting off the door alarm. I turned and saw him make his way down the road never looking back. I took a deep breath, loosening my grip on the mop, and looked back toward the bathroom door. I reached for the handle and slowly opened the door, quickly peering around inside before actually entering. When I walked inside, I found a giant, muddy mess all over the floor, as though the man had been walking in circles there. I sighed and quickly mopped up the filth and turned to leave when I noticed the garbage can lid was on the ground beside it. I reached for it, bending over the can itself in order to retrieve it when I happened to notice something shining inside. I could feel my face grow pale when I reached in and retrieved an open switchblade. The only other thing in the can was a crumpled piece of paper I reached for it and slowly opened it the words on it still haunt me to this day 435 Wilson Road Brunette Blue Eyes Saturday 9pm $1200 I closed the store early that night. I didn't finish washing the dishes and I didn't bother sweeping or mopping the back room. I just locked the door, put the food away, counted my drawer and left. I quit the next day. I told my mom what had happened and she called the police. I gave them my description of the guy as well as the knife and note I'd found. They thanked me for my information and told us they'd do what they could to find the guy. My mom still freaks out about it and won't let me get another job. I don't go out as often and I feel nervous every day. I always feel as though I'm being watched or hunted. I still wonder about that note sometimes but in all honesty I don't want to know. Whoever wrote it, whoever wanted to hurt me, I don't want to know. I may never know anyway, but one thing I do know is that I'll never work a closing shift again. My neighbor was a murderer. Think I was almost a victim. So. This happened in 2013. This kid named Johnny moved in next door to me when he was around 12. And, for the lack of a better term, this kid was pretty much a pussy. I remember one time he fell on his skateboard and didn't land hard at all, and was crying his little heart out in my driveway. This was like when he was 16. So now, Fast forward to when this kid is, like, 18 years old. By then, I'm selling Coke and Molly pretty heavily, and he's one of my best customers. By now, he's hanging out with some pretty shady people, who my parents obviously aren't fans of. My parents also didn't know I was selling, because (laughs) I was pretty good at keeping it under wraps. Johnny was clearly a follower. He went from being some skater slash emo type to some wannabe thug, which he just wasn't built for. So, my parents go to the Outer Banks of North Carolina every year for two weeks, and they ask if I'll come and stay at their house while they're gone. I was pretty excited about this, because their house is much nicer than the shitty little one-bedroom apartments I had at the time. So. Everything was going fine at the house. I had my on-and-off-again girlfriend over all the time. And there was quite a lot of drugs and alcohol going on. I was far from a saint back then. But I'll never forget this. It was a Thursday night. My girl had left a few hours before. Now, I should say that earlier in the day, Johnny had seen me out front of my parents and had asked for a front. I told him no, considering I never fronted anyone and, in all honesty, I'd been using too much of my own shit so I really couldn't afford to. He didn't like that very much and we got in an argument and I pretty much punked him in front of all his little friends. So, by now it's like two in the morning. And I'm obviously nowhere near tired because of all the coke and molly. I'm sitting in the dark watching Netflix in this kind of den, side living room my parents had in the downstairs, which had a window going outside that I had open. I paused the TV and was on my phone texting when I hear something. It's the screen of my window, slowly being slid up. I know the sound. I'd snuck in and out of this house numerous times when growing up. So, I slowly get up and watch the window. I clearly see the screen moving very slowly up through the curtains. I walk up to the window and as soon as I move the curtain at least three or four people scatter i run out front but they are booking it down the street i knew it was that johnny kid and his friends i didn't see them but i knew it was those shitheads i didn't call the cops or anything i wasn't exactly living on the right side of the law so i just went back in and locked everything up and the rest of the week passed by smoothly I never told my parents about it, and I also never saw Johnny again. I called him a few times, but he never answered. I even offered to front him, which was bullshit. I just wanted to see him. But he didn't reply, which was all the more reason to know it was him. And he knew that I knew. So, another month goes by and I'm watching the news and Johnny is on it for murder. This blew my mind. He and three of his friends went out of town, broke into some old couple's home, beat them, tied them up, and then stabbed them. They burnt the house down after robbing it. They all ended up telling on each other, and he got sentenced to 35 years for testifying against his (sighs) co-defendants. Makes me wonder, if I was asleep when they got in, what could have happened? Childhood fear.
1: You know when you're a kid and you're scared of the most childish things ever, like the dark and things like that? Yeah, the dark always seemed to have some kind of ominous or evil presence along with it. As I grew older, I began to realise how screwed up the world could be sometimes. I got older, but my fear of the dark didn't leave me. I realised that a lot of things happen in the darkness. People got robbed, raped, killed, ambushed, kidnapped stalked, and many more. Now one night for some reason, I wasn't being paranoid. I was home alone, and it was two in the morning. I decided to go outside to get something to eat from the pharmacy, and later regretted that decision, but at the same time, I'm glad I left my house. As I was coming back from the pharmacy, and approaching my house, I noticed the lights were on, in the window beside my front door destroyed and wide open. My heart dropped. I was going to run away, but I had to go back. My girlfriend was gone for another day, so who could have been inside the house? A friend, maybe? I only told a couple of them that I would have a free house for a few days. I know I should have called the police, but I just wanted to check for myself, if one of my friends was pulling some kind of sick prank. I ain't through the window, not wanting to make any noise using the front door. The office was a room with a broken window, But luckily the person who invaded my home didn't check anything in that room, because I had a bunch of objects I could use as weapons. I take the longest object closest to me, my football trophy. I earned it last year. I leave the office and check every room, even the basement, the scariest room of them all. One strange thing happened while I was in the basement. I thought I heard odd footsteps from upstairs, almost like a dog walking on wood floors. I was frozen, and I didn't want to go upstairs. I walked slowly and quietly up the stairs, gripping my trophy as hard as I can with my right hand and putting my left hand against the wall. Once I'm finally upstairs, I see nothing, then I realise that I didn't close the basement door. I hear a noise from the basement, and I sprint to the downstairs area so I can close the door and lock away the horrors that await me beyond the door. After that I couldn't take it. I didn't want to stay inside my house anymore, and I ran outside through the front door. I considered going through the back and running into the woods that's almost half a mile away, but I hesitated. I called the police after 15 minutes. They arrived and scanned my house. They found no one, no one. I had the most unsettling feeling because the only thing they did find was the window in my basement was completely open. The thing is, is that it leads to my backyard. After my girlfriend arrived the day after, I told her that we are going to a new house. We have to pack our bags. She didn't really question me much, since it was still close to her work and her friends. But I wonder, what could have happened if I went through the backyard? I also became more afraid of the dark ever since.
0: My crazy, psychotic father killed his own mother. This story is 100% true. If you don't believe me, you can Google Caustaphine Hill murder. I grew up living with my mother and sister. Fairly normal childhood, living in a small town in the UK. I never knew my dad. All I knew from what my mother told me was that he was a bad man. I first met him when I was around 10 years old. It was all confusing. I don't really remember everything, but I think they started seeing each other again. They saw each other on and off for a few months, and then he would disappear. This carried on throughout my teens, up until I was around 15 years old. He started to get quite aggressive, and she refused to see him anymore. My mother never told me when I was younger, but he used to beat her to within an inch of her life when she was pregnant with me. One afternoon, he came to the door. When my mum wouldn't let him in, he tried to break the door down, shouting that he was going to burn the house down and kill us all. He didn't know I was there to witness all of this. I saw him at the front of the house with his hands to his neck mimicking, slitting our throats. That day he got arrested, and my mum got a restraining order against him. That was the last time we heard from him, until three years ago. I got a postcard through the post with nothing but my name on it, and a phone number. I instantly recognised his messy handwriting. I thought it was odd, after about five years of no contact, getting a postcard from him, so obviously, I ignored it. In July 2013, my mother found the police at our door. They came with some news that was shocking, but also not at all surprising. I'll start from the beginning here. My grandmother went to visit my father. She's often travelling around, and it wasn't unusual not to hear from her for some weeks. But, when she hadn't been heard from in three months, the family began to worry. The last person who had seen or heard from her was my dad. This all happened around the time I received the postcard. Her going missing had coincided with the discovery of a body around half a mile from where she was last seen a relative identified her from a digital reconstruction of her skull which was a striking resemblance to her my dad was the number one suspect at this point he was arrested on suspicion of her murder and later charged the police took statements told us they would found evidence and they knew it was him He denied it all. We were following the case, which was when the grisly details started coming out. They'd had an argument, and he ended up killing, dismembering, and then burying her in a shallow grave. They said she may have been alive when he dismembered her. Strangely enough, his family were on his side, and said he was innocent, but he later came clean about the whole thing. He said he thought she was a reptile in human skin, and he wanted to cut her open to see the reptile. He was being held in a secure psychiatric facility, but is currently in prison. He has been assessed by multiple psychiatrists, who say he has paranoid schizophrenia. He was sentenced to nine years in prison for manslaughter, not murder. I find it absolutely appalling. He's served three years already, so he'll be out in six years. Someone who has killed his own mother in cold blood and who has made death threats to his own daughter will be out of prison so soon, and it absolutely terrifies me what could happen if he ever finds me or my family. I'm still confused about the postcard he sent to me around the time he killed her. Do not turn the light on.
1: Me and my girlfriend had been together for little over a year. And decided to move in together once my university course begins. It was a really cheap apartment, just 40 square meters in size and had only one room in addition to the kitchen. It had a pretty small bathroom, which smelled funny but my girlfriend always sprayed hairspray, so it covered it up pretty well. We often travelled back to this city where both of our parents lived. One weekend, my parents were going to their friend's cabin for a week. We had to take our old dog with us when we left, Vivi was her name. She was a beautiful and calm dog, a real lady. Vivi was a Shetland sheepdog and loved everyone. She was quite old though. First night, Vivi had some trouble sleeping since it was a new place and she's used to a big house with a big garden. Vivi was quite old and had these weird coughs that sounded like she was throwing up. During the fourth night, I woke up to Vivi coughing quite loudly. I glanced at Vivi's bed, which was at the foot end of our bed, to see if she threw up or not. Vivi wasn't in it, I heard her coughing again, and went back to the other end of the bed. Our bed is located so that you can see the bathroom door from there. And there she was, sitting and coughing in front of the open bathroom door, and I thought that she was a smart girl for going to throw up on the bathroom floor instead of her bed. I walked over and turned the lights on to gladly notice that she didn't throw up. Good girl, I said, and I switched the lights off, go to sleep. I said as I walked back to the bed, I fell back asleep. The next day my girlfriend told me that she woke up during the night, and saw Vivi staring at the dark bathroom. I told her about the incident that happened during the night. I asked her the time, as I thought she had just woken up when I got back to bed. But she told me she woke up about 4.30, and I checked Vivi about 10 past 2 in the morning. We got kind of freaked out. And began to think, what's up with her? The next night was even creepier. I kept waking up during the night, and every time I saw Vivi just staring into the bathroom from the doorway. I thought that she was curious of what's inside, and walked over and turned on the bathroom light for her. I felt surprised and relaxed as Vivi glanced at the bathroom and walked off to her bed. Next night. We left the bathroom light on and went to sleep. I woke up during the night and noticed for my pleasant surprise that Vivi was sleeping in her bed. I went back to sleep and woke up to my girlfriend screaming and crying. She ran to our bed and pointed me to the bathroom. I ran over and just burst into tears. She was lying there. She didn't breathe. I fell on my knees and grabbed her in a hug. She wasn't stiff, as some people say the dead are. She was cold and limp. I couldn't process it and kept crying whilst petting her. After a while, my girlfriend and I calmed down and called my parents. My mum was crying while speaking with me and told me that they wanted the body to bury back at their place. We left the same day, while still weeping a few tears every now and then. We buried her in a small field near our house. My parents tried to calm us and tell us that it wasn't our fault. They told us that she was already really old and it was probably just natural causes. We stayed for the day and then left back home for the evening. Everything went normal after a few days and life went on. That was until I woke up to my girlfriend sitting in front of the bathroom and staring into the darkness.
0: I woke up to two people inside my house while home alone. I'm eighteen. I live in a lower middle class townhome complex with my divorced mum and my little brother. My mum was out of state for a week at the time, and my little brother was staying at our dad's house for the week. I don't drive, so there were no cars outside my house. Eighteen year old with a house to himself for a week with a mum who was perfectly fine with me smoking weed in the house. Anne gave me permission to have a few friends over while she was gone. Every teen's dream growing up, right? (laughs) Yeah. Except it ended up a little different than that. The first day, I came home from a ten-hour shift at the gas station I work at half a mile down the road from my house. I walk home, head into my basement, Smoke a bowl and fall asleep with my cat. A few hours later, I wake up with an uneasy feeling. It's 1 am and I hear footsteps upstairs. My cat is on my bed, and my dog is at a dog daycare for the week. I hear drawers upstairs being opened, and I immediately grab my switchblade and call 911. They send a squad car out, and I stay on the phone. I hear someone coming downstairs, with my bed just being in the basement due to the bedroom essentially being the size of a closet. I'm the first thing they'll see when they come downstairs. I jump to my feet, drop my phone and drew my switchblade. The door opens, the light turns on and in walks a man, around my age wearing a backpack and holding a crowbar. 5'10, 140 pounds. Scrawny and shirtless me is standing there with a mere 4-inch knife, locking eyes with a man I've never seen before, inside my house and holding a crowbar. He jumped just about as high as I did when he saw me. With a surge of foolish confidence, I point the knife towards him and told him not to step towards me. Funny, considering his crowbar had a solid foot of reach over my knife. He shouted, What the fuck? Bro, we didn't think anyone was here. I'm not looking for a fight, man. I hear quick and heavy footsteps coming down, and a voice saying, Yo, what the fuck are you doing down there? A second man emerges through the doorway, this one holding a pistol, and it's pointed at me. His eyes light up, as do mine as I realize who I'm looking at. It's an old elementary school friend that I drifted out of contact with. I had some friends who started talking to him recently, but I heard that he turned into a recreational Xanax addict, and I didn't want to fuck with that, so I never bothered getting back in touch. Turns out, that's exactly why they're robbing my seemingly empty house. For Xanax money. Josh? He said, in a questioning voice as he lowered the gun. Fuck, dude. I don't know what to say. At this point, the door slammed open and the police rushed into the house. Eventually coming downstairs and arresting the two. It didn't even dawn to me until the cop that stayed downstairs to talk to me jokingly mentioned that I had a bong on a desk next to my bed roughly an ounce of weed in the desk and the basement had to have smelled pretty strongly luckily the cop ended up being cool and just said I honestly don't care they need to legalize it anyways and after what you've been through you need a joint and then with a laugh. Hey, but I never said that to you, okay? So I um, pretty much stick to the fiction here on this channel. I personally prefer it, but, you know, that was a very interesting subject to cover, and I was delighted to uh, introduce you to Rotting Llama Productions. So, what do you think? Pretty creepy, hey? Uh, please go and visit his channel, um, give him lots of love and support, likes and comments and stuff like that. You know the drill, don't you? Yes, of course you do. Well, I'll be back again tomorrow. Now, if you're following the community tab on my channel, you know that I've got a um, pretty interesting no-sleep story lined up for tomorrow. Hope you're all going to join me for that one. Another long one, more than an hour of storytelling for you. And it really is brilliant. One of the best I've read in quite a while, so please join me. Till then, sweet dream, bye Piper. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time listening to me. Now, if you enjoyed the Dr. Creepin experience, then come find me on Facebook. Come chat with me on Twitter. Listen to the background music and download it, if you like, on SoundCloud. Drop by the store, pick up a t-shirt, and... Importantly, if you've got a story you'd like me to read, send it to Dr. Creepin's vault, the subreddit I set up so that I could read your stories. Now, looking forward to seeing you all again real soon, so come check me out, okay?